Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week in the red corner, the movie that put the kibosh on the original idea for Die Hard 3, as Steven Seagal gets the biggest hit of his career, taking on a bunch of terrorists led by Tommy Lee Jones, who've commandeered the USS Missouri from 1992 in the US and 93 in the UK. It's under siege. While in the blue corner, more terrorists, this time led by dead-eyed Charles Rain. They've taken over a plane. If only there was someone on board who could dish out some high kicks while using casino games as a metaphor. Step forward, Wesley Snipes, as from 1992 in the US and 93 in the UK, it's Passenger 57. It was the final voyage of America's mightiest battleship. What's on this helicopter? This little sweetheart. Miss July 89. God, I love this business. I love you. The party was wild. Love you to They really knocked them dead. Imagine this arsenal of tactical nuclear weapons falling into the wrong hands. You get off the sidelines. You got to get back into this game. They finally captured the world's most dangerous hijacker. Now, they're bringing him back for trial on a plane. Notify my people. They'll know what to do. That was their first mistake. Once again, Charles Rain is in control. And how do you like your sirloin, sir? Bloody. But there's just one thing he didn't count on. So it's a die-hard-inspired double bill this week, but which film is better? Let's find out together. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Hello, Clash Butters. What kind of babbling bullshit is this? I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. So welcome to part one of Under Siege versus Passenger 57. If you're new to the show, this is how it works. We're going to do Under Siege today and Passenger 57 on Thursday, at which point we'll declare which is the better film. Did you have fun with these movies, guys? One of them, yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Jeopardy, Jeopardy. Maybe. Well, we're going to find out. You're doing Under Siege at yeah, the moment. Yeah, it'll I, become very clear. I had fun with both of them. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I did too. I think it's a good fight. It's a good fight. Good fight. Yeah. Because one of these actors, there's a lot of backstory to them, a lot of off-camera stuff. It depends on how much that influences your enjoyment of one of these movies. Mm. It's not Wesley Snipes. Let me yeah. just delete everything. <laughs> right, okay, go. Yeah, fucking Seagal. Wow. 
Wow. Have you got some Seagal facts for us? Uh, I do. And okay. <laughs> I, managed to, I managed to find, although I won't be playing it because it's not worth playing because it, it, it's a visual gag, but if you ever have the time to watch uh, the, the minuscule amount of footage that still exists online of his infamous SNL appearance in America, oh, it's crazy. I'll do this now because it doesn't fit in with, yeah, with the movie, uh, but... Uh, it's fa- it's famous for the fact that he turned up on the set of SNL and he had his own idea for the sketches right. and what he was going to do. Yeah, fa- famously funny guy. Mm. <laughs> Let him do it, you know? <laughs> You've got to watch the fucking footage. It's fucking unbelievable. Anyway, one of his sketches, he was like, so I'm going to play a therapist and I'm dealing with a woman who's just been raped and I try and have sex with her. Fuck off. For real. That's all, that's fact. I wouldn't I would not say that if I didn't know it was fact. That was his idea. Cast mates, wow, okay. cast members, mates, they don't want to call them mates. <laughs> cast members of NSL verified that story. Oh no. Yeah. Oh dear. That's his sense of humour. Hey, hey, he's mm. a funny guy. Yeah, try and watch Under Siege and enjoy it after that. I didn't in the first place. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. 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 This was a fucking great movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so the clue Chris gave on last week's show was it was these films came out within a month of each other. Correct. The follow-up on Twitter, also from Chris, was I retweeted my diehard anniversary tweet. Yes, you did. It's very good. Very good. Very good. Bit Got of it. self-promotion. Yeah, I liked it, yeah. And the link as well. For the link, diehard on a plane enjoy, versus yeah. diehard on a boat. Yeah, so uh, your guesses hijacked our Twitter account where we are at ClashPod, also on Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod. And if you're in the business for a little extra clash of the visual variety, then why not check out our YouTube channel and please subscribe while you're there. Clash of the titles on YouTube. So guess-wise, congrats who got, uh, who, to those who got it right. Uh, Camillo, Russell, Ian Robson, Gary Dunn. Paul, Robert Farley, Peter White, Brett Hyrak were all beaten. A lot of the old guard in there. Right, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the true. old guard. I recognise Regular them. winners in there, all beaten by a new pretender to the throne. Great. I believe this is his first win. Our new champion with the first correct guest this week. He only joined Twitter last month. Right. He's only posted two tweets, both <laughs> of which were guesses to our clues. Love that. He, he went Is it with, you, Vicky? You might be. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do it right? He, he, uh, no, considering you knew the movies, you went for The Swarm versus The Happening last week. Right. But mm. this week, first correct answer with you, Under Siege versus Passenger 57. Congrats to James Hubbard. Well Great. done, James. Great. Well done, James. Yeah. New champion. Uh, James, your prize is a delicious cake. <laughs> The question is, Steady on. which one of us do you want to jump out of it? Hmm? Hmm? Pick Chris, he's so hairy, you won't see anything. <laughs> uh, right, connection section. Villains who do not like the word insane being mentioned anywhere near them. <laughs> hmm. Die hard. Yeah, reluctant Four. lady sidekick. <laughs> uh, knife fights. Yeah. Blonde villains. <laughs> okay. Um, Suits on the ground conspiring to blame the hero if it all goes wrong. Ah, very good. Mm. Uh, men who see women and claim that they've just seen either their new wife or their new ex wife. Happens in both. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. The FBI guy on the plane is like, I just met my new ex wife over mm-hmm. Liz Hurley. Mm. Someone says that when they see Jordan, the playmate. They do, yeah. Erica. Um, Erica. 
Eleniac. Eleniac, thank uh, you. I'll get back on my Die Hard thing now. So there's a rip-off, a specific rip-off in each film. Um, him blowing up the Chinook and jumping off the side as it explodes. Like, like the roof. Die Hard yep. roof. And then the villain's death in Passion 57 is Hans Gruber's death, oh, watching yeah. him fall. Yeah. So those are rip-offs. But where it's different, and therefore not as good, is in the, both of these films we have heroes with very specific sets of skills. <laughs> Whereas John McClane is Mr. Everyman, mm. and that's what makes it interesting. These guys are supermen. I mean, more so Seagal. Yes. Wesley Snipes does have a little bit more. He has weaknesses, shall we say. Well, Whereas Seagal does not have a weakness. I don't want to go too early on Thursday's episode, but Wesley Snipes' weakness is uh, he's in airline security... Nervous flyer yes. would be fine if Tom Sizemore's character wasn't also in airline security <laughs> with a fear of flying. They're all terrified of it. <laughs> what, what, how do you? How do two of your cast collapse, <laughs> collapse your characters? <laughs> what job should I go for? Yeah. God, I hate if you're flying. Bruce Greenwood. Why would you trust Tom Sizemore to pick a plane specialist, knowing he's terrified of planes? It's just mad. Just mad. Uh, Any more? No. Right, then, let's get into this on Thursday. I'll be in seat number 56 to bring you all the close-up action of the guy in the seat next to me as I talk passenger 57, which means today it's time to find out how much V loved the iconic cake scene from Under Siege. (laughs) V, do take us on a journey. Under Siege is the story of what happens when you let Gary Busey do the risk assessment for your private party and the catering company providing slabs of meat to be ogled and poked at by hundreds of men. But more on Erica <laughs> Eleniak later. Because Gary Busey is a wrong and the catering company a terrorist. Although they did genuinely book a woman to jump out of a cake when they were planning their takeover of the USS Missouri. And it's that kind of mission drift that also means Gary Busey hasn't investigated why the cook on this ship has got such a fucking attitude and his boola base looks like hangover piss. <laughs> Is because, because the cook is Steven Seagal and he's a seal, of course, which means he must take back the ship level by level, a bit like Die Hard, except with a horrible prick in charge rather than a lovable rogue. Meanwhile, my boyfriend, Tommy Lee Jones, is in a costume that looks like an eBay kid's Halloween job for hippie rocker and he's selling missiles and being crazy. They're not crazy. Ryback gets a gang of men together because Jordan is so absolutely useless as a sidekick, although she does successfully write down the five-digit code needed to save Honolulu, which dumbass Ryback couldn't do. And the bad guys are vanquished. Then we have to have a scene where every single man on board the Missouri personally tells Ryback how awesome he is. He forcibly kisses Erica Eleniak and she should get an Oscar on the spot for managing not to tear her own skin off in horror. (laughs) And we're out on Steven Seagal in dress uniform because that's apparently the payoff to this whole thing. Under Siege is the best Steven Seagal movie. And if you think that's a compliment, then I'm sorry I can't help you. Fucking great, though, right? No. <laughs> I'll go early on that. Uh, but the thing is, this is the first time I've seen it. Okay. And I don't know what I would have thought 100 years ago, but, mm. you know, it's, it doesn't age that well, maybe? Uh, yeah, I mean, we touched on it at the start. When I watched this, I'll go next. Uh, it came out on VHS. I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. I was 14, and why wouldn't I? At that age, Steven Seagal, two or 14-year-old, was the epitome of cool. Yeah. He was a badass. He got the girl. And also, it was a very exciting movie for a 14-year-old to watch. It promised a future as an adult where topless, beautiful women jumped out of cakes. Mm. So I was like, this is, this is magnificent. Does it promise you that future? Uh, yes. If you train in the Navy? Well, you just assume it's happening everywhere. This is true. There's a serious point to what you're saying, and it's not on you, it's just an undercurrent of like, he was a role model, but now look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's it. I've, re- I've revisited it a couple of times, but never 
with quite so much uh, hindsight information. Sure. Um, so, yeah, this is about the fourth time I've watched it. But I have enjoyed it previously as a young yeah, adult. Yeah. fair enough. What about yourself? It's interesting. So I grew up loving action films as much as Alex did. But where we differ is I did not like Steven Seagal. Those Steven Seagal movies, there was like four of them. It was Out for Justice, mm. Mark for Death, Hard, Hard to, to Kill. Kill yeah. Always last resort in the video store. Yeah. To the point that I never, I never watched them. I'll, I'll just rent Rocky Four again um, <laughs> because I did. There was something about him I did not like. I think he's a, a charisma vacuum. I, there's just nothing I enjoy about seeing him on screen. And so that said, I went to see this at the cinema with my mates and really enjoyed mm. it. Uh, not because of him, no. but just it was just what a 15 year old boy wanted to see out of the movie, and I enjoyed it much more than I did this week. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because I've never seen Hard to Kill, Out for all of those. I've never seen them because they were they they but they were very small budget action movies. They were kind of gritty. They They were eighteens, weren't they? they Unlike this, yeah. Um, And this was this was this is uh, this was his biggest budgeted movie ever. This was his most commercial, most mainstream movie that was intentional, as you're going to explain. But then, but then, aside from um, Executive Decision, which we've obviously done, I didn't watch any of his films after this. Really, Uh, I watched Under Siege too. Great. No. Great. Not great. <laughs> Weirdly, Opposite. not great. Opposite. Bad. Bad <laughs> film. Yeah. So surprising. Mm, yeah. Especially now uh, when you watch it and they've paired him with a young adult and you're like, she's related to him. I don't trust him enough not to go, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> not to go, how's this for a move? <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Well, let me tell you a bit about it. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it was his biggest budgeted film, but it's bolstered by a lot of like serious talent, which is why it's different from hard to fuck or whatever the other ones are called. What? Alfred <laughs> No, revenge. that wasn't close to being the title. <laughs> Impossible to love. What else? Okay. Not yeah. easy to lie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grabby on the subway. Yeah. Must always avoid. Serial harasser. <laughs> <laughs> Why have you locked the door? <laughs> Would you get in a lift with him? No. Uh, All l- long list of allegations on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have a witness here for the meeting? That was a good one. <laughs> Casting <All right>. couch. <laughs> Casting Couch 4. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's from a spec script by J.F. Lawton. This is a follow-up to a very modest uh, indie hit called Pretty Woman, I think. Ah. Don't know if you've seen it. Um, not really a big deal. So he sold this and a promise 300000 when the film already. is made and a net profit deal. Let me announce that it, it is... Do the song. What did we decide this? You have to do money. Ching, ching, ching. It's time for... It's been a few weeks since we've done it. What's the the fucking corner called again? It's called Inflation Corner. Right, that's right, right, right. Inflation Corner. Ching, 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 ching. So we're looking at 1.3 million in 1990. (laughs) 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 You got cash on you, you freak. Yeah. Oh, and that, Dungeons and Dragons um, beer token I'm meaning to give you. Sorry. That could have been done afterwards. (laughs) Thanks, I'll have some mead in the pub later. (laughs) Great. Anyway, it's just over three million, and he wasn't thirty years old. So he's got—I mean, he's got a lot of money because of Pretty Woman and a lot of prestige. But three million dollars—it's oh nice, isn't it? Uh, so yeah, we talked about this is uh, Steven Seagal's fifth movie after March for Death, Hard to Kill, Out for Justice, all of those jokes. He wanted to direct it himself. Can you even believe? Well, he went on to direct on Deadly Ground after this. Yeah, but because um, the weird thing was, like, the, uh, all his movies have three words in the title. Yes, and they were they were, they didn't like the, the Warners were like it can't be called Under Siege because yeah. that's two words. And so the, the, one of the things that Andrew Davis, the director, said was they wanted to call it get ready get ready for one of the worst titles you've ever heard. They wanted to call it Sea Under Siege. <laughs> 
last to surrender, which is fine. Yeah, but not even Seagal hated that one. But see, see under siege. C S E A under siege. Colon under not, siege. Unless they were going for some sort of mind fuck where it's like you have to watch under siege because it's called C under siege, like <laughs> marketing. But what remains consistent is that you can say Steven Seagal is on the poster. Uh, oh, I Steven see. Seagal is out for justice. I he's see. hard to kill. He's marked for death. He's under siege. Oh, he's on deadly ground. Yeah. Right. I see. I he's, see. He's in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. But it's Andrew Davis who uh, saves the studio from that ignominy. Ignominy. Embarrassment. Uh, anyway, so uh, this is Andrew Davis. Cut that, Nikki. <laughs> Hello, who is this? I'm Nemo. Well, Nemo, all new explorers must answer a science question. Okay. You live in what kind of home? Okay, okay, don't hurt yourself. Ignominy. Ignominy! Great. Thank God. Anyway. I think you got it right first time. I think you said it correctly four times in a row. Well, three and then embarrassed in the middle. Uh, anyway, this is Andrew Davis, pre the fugitive, but he says it might have got him the fugitive because so some good came from it. Yeah, that's what we said. Mm. Yeah. Only a few weeks ago, Harrison Ford watched it and said, "That's my guy," because mm. he shoots the shit out of this, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he, does. he does. He gets a hell of a lot from what thirty million dollars helped by, of uh, course, yeah, the yeah. fact that the USS Missouri had just been decommissioned. Yes. Um, I thought they didn't use the USS Missouri, though. So they used the USS Alabama uh, for the exterior shots, but literally the USS Missouri was on the way to the Pearl Harbor Memorial. And so that's how how they shot. Yeah, it's such a good idea, though, because Mm. watching it for the first time now, you're like, how did they get him to do that? How did they get George Bush Bush busy? (laughs) Yeah, it's a a shot. I wouldn't have thought you'd be allowed to do it, though. It's, it's, It's a weird one, and it's not actually a great one when you see George Bush there and fucking Dick Cheney is sitting next to him and you're sort of like, oh, man. Remember I, that. <laughs> yeah, it's the only good thing Seagal says in the movie where he's like a bit anti the president. I think at the end he calls him a lunatic and you're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, is, is that, I mean, we're going to get there, but I, I wasn't 100% sure who he was talking about. Yeah, because he gives the speech that clearly is the, normally the villain speech, but he's like, I want all the words. <laughs> <laughs> I want more words, yeah. yeah. So... Erica Eleniak of Baywatch. Um, Big fan. Mm. Yeah, I remember watching her in Baywatch. I used to like Baywatch very much. Sure. Um, so she plays Jordan. Now, Pamela Anderson has said that she was also up for it, but, and here's that phrase again, she spurned the advances of Steven Seagal on the casting couch. Mm. And then, weirdly, and I'm sure there are so many good reasons as to why she didn't get the role, but she just didn't get the role. Oh, unlucky that. Pam. Yeah, never mind. Could have yeah. been one of many things. Yeah, uh, Steven Seagal in restraining order. Seagal, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you say, he turned it down a lot of times. And one of the reasons he turned it down was because there wasn't a character for Erica Eleniak at the start. The, the, female character was actually Stranix's girlfriend. Yeah. And right. she was a, a bit like Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. And so it was, he didn't like her. He didn't like that. Possibly, I'm guessing here, I'm hypothesising, because why does the villain have a girlfriend and I don't? Yeah. So I want mm. the love interest. And yeah. so he had her rewritten as a Playboy playmate mm-hmm. who becomes his sidekick. And he also instigated the infamous cake scene. That came from Seagal himself. J.F. Lawton says that is 100% Steven Seagal's idea. He can have that. Yeah. That was him. I and mean, she did not want to do it. When you get to, when we get to it in the film, you can kind of tell because it hasn't been, as much as I dislike it, it hasn't even been written in properly. Mm. There's so many logical jumps that you have to go through to make it make sense that she's in that cake. It's, it's a weird one because the 14-year-old, in me, loved that scene, mm, and it, sure. I, I, I almost feel it sort of going, 
who are you now? Because I'm like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. But that's because I know the backstory. And there's personal growth there, I would imagine, from when you were 14. Maybe. A bit? I don't know. Do you, have you met Do him? I think that? No, do I? Let me just... No, I don't. You're right. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Did I really still love the cake scene, knowing all of this, and I'm just going to say it on air to be a good guy? I who hope knows? that's not true. <laughs> yes. I hope that's not true. It's not true, but who knows? Good thing. <laughs> do I even know? Yeah. And also, I can be more than one thing. You God, you can. <laughs> so anyway, it was a hit. So it's a thirty-five million dollar budget. It took one five five. Uh, so yeah, big hit. And that is all I have to say about that. Uh, I'll just pick up on uh, a little bit uh, that I said at the start. So it did scupper Die Hard three. They were in negotiations with Bruce Willis, who was being a bit difficult about wanting to do Die Hard three. But Stephen D'Souza uh, says that. They had decided the Die Hard trilogy was going to be like a mirror of 70s disaster movies. So Die Hard was Towering Inferno, Die yep. Hard 2 was Airport, and yep. Die Hard 3 was going to be the Poseidon Adventure. So it was set on a cruise ship, the McLeans were on vacation, terrorists take over, yep. and then this comes out. And so it gets torpedoed, for want of a better until, word. Until Speed 2 comes out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then we still get that story. Yes, uh, other than that... Uh, <laughs> Steven Seagal takes credit for completely rewriting the Tommy Lee Jones character who was a flat and boring guy in the beginning. And once I did redid Tommy, it became interesting to me and I was excited to do it. Okay. Uh, JF Lawton says, no, you. Tommy Lee Jones came up with that character. <laughs> and even I thought it was a bit out there, but he pulls it off. Uh, question mark uh, question from me. Mark, yeah. Yeah. Real question <laughs> Maybe. mark. Maybe. Uh, and uh, beyond that, um, we mentioned the bee shot of the Missouri mm. at the start. Uh, the dolphin... At the bow of yeah. the ship, yeah. complete, complete <laughs> chance, not CGI, really happened. And by miraculous chance of fate, uh, Andrew Davis was able to capture it and says that James Cameron wanted to purchase that shot for the Titanic. I thought you were going to say purchase the dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> it is the kind of thing Cameron That's does. He thought. loves the sea. He loves the sea. What's a clever dolphin? Um, I would like it. I will say a lot of what I found out uh, comes from uh, Nick DeSemlian's book, uh, which is coming out soon, and I got an advanced copy. So thank you, Nick. And it's called The Last Action Heroes. It's all about 80s action stars, Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and indeed Seagal. Uh, it's a fascinating book. It's out soon. And and also, Segal does not come out well. Great. Yeah. It sounds good. He's the only one who comes out really quite badly. <laughs> All right. So, shall we talk about the film then? Yes. Mm. All right. Here we go. So, welcome on board the USS Missouri. Gary Busey works here and Steven Seagal's doing your dinners so things are going to get a bit bumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start with his name? Ryback. 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 Sorry. Yeah. No, that works for me. Ryback. So, he's called Ryback. Do you think that's an intentionally the most alpha male they could come up with? Because you think Ryback and you think Razorback, Silverback, Quarterback, Ryback. Yeah. It's like alphas. What did I read? Somewhere? Quarterback. This, this is some mm. internet triv, so who knows? Wait, Ryback spelt differently is, is um, analogous to the Polish word for fisherman, fisher person. What? And so it's meant to be Steven Seagal leaning into his Polish heritage. I don't, I don't know if any of these oh, things what? are true. Right. So fisher person, because, and then yeah. he's, he's got to catch krill. Well, the I can't believe they were like krill. krill. I mean, it's brilliant, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It is excellent. Ask Vicky about krill. <laughs> Just one it. letter. It's kill with an R. <laughs> but it's also... But it's a, a fish. A fish. Yeah. A little yeah. baby fish. A little baby fish. A little baby fish. Well, yeah, then maybe it doesn't track because he would be called like, I don't know, Great White or, I yeah. don't know, yeah. Murder Mr. Fish. Shark. Or a fish. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Shark. Yeah, Barracuda. <laughs> Chief Barracuda. Barracuda. Great. Great. <laughs> it's why we do what we do. 
Magic, 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 magic. Just workshop. That's all it is, people. Uh, this is like the Script Notes podcast. You just workshop an idea and then you land on gold. About I'd like Barry to say, Peter. having watched back some of our videos from last week, I'd like to congratulate you on a joke of yours that I missed uh, because there was a lot happening. Uh, Robert Titchum. For a bird, a bird name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Thanks. I didn't even hear it because there was too much shouting happening. Yeah, that was the real quiz. <laughs> that was the real quiz. Anyway, speaking of Krill, Krill hates mm. Ryback because he knows all about him being an ex-seal and he's a liability. No, mm. no. He just fucking hates him. Yeah, and he also hears the captain say to Ryback... If I had your ribbons, I'd wear them to bed. Right. So he knows this information, yeah. but for the rest of the film, he doesn't know this information. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Mistake. I, yeah. I honestly think Steven Seagal has gone... I don't feel that my character's made cool enough and everyone knows how badass I am in this scene, so you need to say, you're a really well-decorated seal. Yeah. But no, sorry, Commander Krill is over there, Barry Cuda, working title. <laughs> um, that won't work, Stephen. He's like, I don't care. Make sure you say that. And so the whole film, the logic of the whole film is screwed. Yeah. So then we get some soul-stirring stuff if you fucking love war. S-O-L-E. <laughs> oh, nice. What about Fred Snapper? Yeah, I like that. No, I'm, just, I'm spitballing. Are you annoyed that I came up with Barry Cuda? Is that what's happening? No, it's so good. Yeah, yeah I am. Yep. It's okay. You yep. can be. It's all right. I'm going to make some notes. Do you know who was going to be in this? Go on. Dolphin Lundgren. Oh, oh yes. yes. Was that a win for you? I don't understand yeah. the dynamic of the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that feels so, good. That's fine. The most shocking moment in the film, though, is when he spits in the soup. It's oh, yeah. So, it's so upsetting. It's gross. It is. It's a real... I mean, I've never seen... I mean, it's Boosie, so what do you expect? But he hocks a mm. Lugay. Because <laughs> what do you do? What do you do if you're Ryback? I don't know. I mean, the, the Do you still serve look, the suit? It didn't look fantastic to start with. You say, that's not striking an officer. <laughs> this is striking an officer. <laughs> uh, and then punch him in a place Which he's already been done for as Punch well. him in a place that no man ever shaves. The top of your cheek. Uh, maybe you do, Chris. Um... <laughs> And then he goes, I cut myself shaving. It's like, who shaves there? <laughs> I don't know. Why have you got hair there? Uh, so where are we? Oh, yeah. So just a bit of plot. So this is the final vo- voyage of the Missouri before all, oh, you'll be proud of me, her weapons. Yeah. Because we call ships ladies, don't we? We do, yeah. All her weapons are decommissioned. Yep. And obviously we'll be seeing about that. Now then, we've got a lady in a cake mm. arriving. Poor okay. old... Jordan Tate. You know, just a group of guys dancing to Snap before then. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, but there's a weird we bit do. where he's like, I can do that dance yeah. better. And it's like, oh, okay, do you have to yeah. be brilliant at everything? I, I think it would be great if they were all really dancing and then they brought out her and everyone was like, ah, can we put the music back? Yeah. <laughs> I did get a sense that they preferred each other's company than yeah. that lady's company. So she must glumly descend to her rape cave to give an... <laughs> But, it, but you know what? I think that is good because, say, Apocalypse Now, the women are, seem to be loving and enjoying all this male attention. Yeah. Whereas here, she's clearly super pissed off yes. at the way she's being treated, as what she has to do. She says she's nauseous. It's because she's pissed off as well. Like yeah. I think they present that like how, how yeah, this woman would feel. Very scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're 14, she's not. She's no. just getting ready. <laughs> getting ready. <laughs> so she's going to give an elderly gentleman, the captain, a right old surprise. And then we've got Tommy Lee Jones, he's Stranix, which is some, he's some sort of disillusioned mental hippie <laughs> who's kind of in a band 
because he is in a band, isn't he? Does do stuff I, in the band. I, I don't know. He's a fake band, he doesn't isn't do it? much. I mean, I I don't know. It's he a great name. To, yeah. it's, a, it's a good name. What are they called? Jailbait. <laughs> <laughs> he pretends to be a train and he plays the harmonica. Bail yes. jumpers. The bail yes. jumpers. The bail jumpers. Yeah, he plays the harmonica and he, he says a few things, but I don't think Tommy Lee Jones can sing. You never see him sing. No, he's, sort like, of... he's like the hype man harmonica dude, right. isn't he? Yeah. I do like the train impression when he goes through. That's one of the good moments. <laughs> but anyway, So they're not a real band. They're not a real band. No. They're Actually, terrorist surprise. It's amazing. Do you want to be in a terrorist group? I do. What can you play? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what instrument can you play? I'm, 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 do you mean a gun? No, 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 no. Do you play piano? Do you play the? I can, I can play the triangle. You're in. <laughs> um, now, Krill drags up here because Gary Busey wanted to. That I wrote that before I researched it, but that's true. He just wanted to do it. Um, he did the scene dressed as Krill. He did the scene. I think the the woman is in is, is Nancy or something. What, what are you talking, what are you talking about? about? When Krill, <laughs> do you not know this bit? What, what, when Krill Nancy? dresses up, dresses, he's got an alter ego. And I, don't, I think it's Nancy. When okay. when Commander Krill put on yes. female clothes and mm. I think boobs. So he read about this. He read that a senior officer once did this on a real-life battleship sure. and uh, decided he wanted to do it and proposed it to Steven Seagal. What I'm saying, he wanted to do it. He did want to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he wanted to do it. He proposed, he went to Steven Seagal's trailer, uh, which apparently oh, Steven Seagal <laughs> had hired from a shake, uh, some massive gold-plated trailer on the set. And he goes, I, I, can I do this? And Steven Seagal goes, whose idea is this? And he goes, it's mine. Gary Busey gets a call from Warner's the following day going, don't go psycho on us, Gary. Don't do this. He does it anyway. Yeah. And it's, it's it's a great scene. And I think we'll come to it at the end because it's why I love Gary Busey in this. I think it says a lot about his character, the way he's interacting with the crew in that scene. Like I think he's actually enjoying the fact that they're liking him for one moment because they all think he's an asshole, mm. which yeah. is actually said in that scene. Someone goes, maybe he's not such an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the first time he's getting on with the crew who well, hate him. But it works yeah. for the audience as well. I mean, he's super committed mm. in this scene. I think, I think he delivers a great performance. But it throws you off because he seems like he's being presented as the villain and then suddenly he seems like he's a good laugh. Mm. And so for a split second, you're like, oh, maybe he's not on the baddie's side. Yep. And then it's the switcheroo. Oh, the old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. It's a Tina Turner wig he's wearing in that scene. It is. Mm. So then we've got an actually a really great moment. So um, Tommy Lee Jones is asking who's the highest ranking officer. Remember, I haven't seen this and I am not, I've got low expectations. And I thought, oh, it'd be so fucking awesome if some guy's like, yeah, it's me. And he just shoots him. There's no way they'll do that. Imagine mm. my surprise. I thought it was really, really good like, yeah. to, to have my high, higher expectations met like that. I really And he that. commands the room, doesn't he, Tommy Lee? Like, like not many can. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't get the, like you said, I just don't get the character. I mean, maybe I'm just no, conditioned. Sure. Maybe I'm conditioned to have, I want people like Bruce Payne in Passion to 57 or Alan Rickman in Die Hard. And this sort of like, English, or even as a kid, like I was like, you're just not cool. And I think you need your villain to even like have an icy cool about them. And this, like you said, it looks like your dad's dressed up like yeah. and gone, I used to be in a band, son. <laughs> and you're like, don't do yeah, that. It's really spotless, his costume. Mm. It look, I mean, but it's more like his it's character is a bit all over well. the map as well. It's leather jacket with tie-dye t-shirt. It's like pick a lane. Yeah. Like have a leather jacket with a, like an old linen skinner t-shirt or something. Don't have a tie-dye t-shirt. Very specific, but sure. Uh, so anyway, the Navy's finest, they're immediately overpowered and herded into a room. Not immediately. Immediately. It lasts for ages. <laughs> I was a bit. I got a bit exhausted by it. Actually, I guess they because it's a big ship. They felt the need to show everything that they do to take charge. Yeah, but I'm like, I get it now. Let's yeah, let's spin on. Room. So it's interesting though because this would be this would normally be the debate 
section for our hero, uh, wouldn't it? Where they're deciding whether to engage in the mission. Um, rather than have Stephen Seagal, so you know what, well, you know, at 25 pages into the script, 25 minutes in, that's when they're like, right, I'm in, I'm going to defend this ship, I'm mm-hmm. going to beat the bad guys. Yeah. Stephen Seagal cannot show weakness, so can't have any internal debate as to what he should do. So they have to lock him in a meat locker <laughs> to create. Why isn't he saving the day? Yeah. That's the o- Because he's so fucking cool. He wouldn't go, wait, hang on a second. This might be tough. Like, we need to think about it. I need to plan. He'd just start walking around killing people. That's true. He and just so- has to be let out of the fridge. That's the only thing. <laughs> Literally. So, yeah, he's out of the fridge at this point. So he's ready to work the levels. He's going to kill the bad guys one by one. Stop Stranix from selling these missiles. Now, this bit, I saw this. I've, I I was quite confused by this film at certain points, and not just because the characterization is a bit wonky. I thought Stranix was breaking up the ship to sell it for scrap. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, well, that's a lucrative industry. It, it certainly is, and it's an exciting idea for an action movie, isn't it? It's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought was happening. Get the Pentagon on the phone. This man is breaking up a warship into scrap. Which we were going to do anyway. But he's beating us to it, goddammit. It's yeah. so lucrative. <laughs> that's, that's US government money you're that's stealing. Right. Mm. Uh, anyway, but who have we forgotten about? We've forgotten about Sexy Jordan. Now, come with me on this. She has taken some anti-sickness pills for air sickness when she was on a boat. Then she fell asleep. Where? So she either had a nap woke up then obediently went in a cake <laughs> or she had a sleep in a cake she had a sleep in a cake what's worse oh, like, it's like a womb in there yeah it's yeah, dark but she'd be all crunched up like, yeah, this like, is a, ti- little, like a little fetus this is a big no, cake. That's, like, that's actually like a torture position isn't it like getting this tiny space for what, 30 it's not minutes it's small it, I think it's it is it's a big cake it's as tall as Seagal is it yeah, but so she cake. stood up like a sort of I don't no, know actually, maybe she's got a stool in there and I bet she's wearing heels. I'm just saying that because she's meant to be a stripper. I think so. she is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you think she is? Okay. <laughs> Great. Anyway. I mean, it would be a poor show if you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, she, how she comes, I mean, if you're going to do it, in the first, just commit. Well, this is the thing. She does her sexy dance. And then she says, this is what, this is what, none of that makes sense. Did you have a nap in a cake? Did you have a nap on the floor or whatever? But she says, my agent told me I was just going to jump out of a cake. But when Steven Seagal walks in the room, she's got her eyes closed conveniently, so she can't see him. So her agent said, just jump out of the cake. And yet she still does a sexy dance. So that's a freebie. So why has she done that? Because Steven Seagal wanted her to, not for any reason. Right. I don't know. I think we're. Re- I think if you're employed to jump yeah. out of a cake on a battleship, you've got, got a wiggle. Navy. You've got a wiggle. No, what, topless? Yeah. No. I mean, it'll have been in the small print. Maybe she got a call from her agent. And, and that's it was why like, she feels so sick. She, yeah. She, yeah. She gave me more pills. Well, that's what, yeah, I thought she was, I think it's what you said, Chris. I think she's really nauseous because she's like, I can't believe what I've got to do for this money. Also, hmm. there's like 400 men here. This is not a safe place. It was in an episode of Hunter, though, so. Okay. Hmm? Great. Um, do you know what? We're going to have a break. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, so I've recovered from that. I mean, I don't like it, but here we go. Now, this is more egregious to me. So Wait, she's with... is, it, is it the bit where... Is it where he picks her up like a child <laughs> yeah. and plonks her on the counter? He yeah. Like, she's like... It, no, 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 no. This is the most amazing scene because so many things happen in this moment and it's the little things. So, first of all, he picks her up and plonks her on the counter. Like, he doesn't ask. He doesn't go, I'm going to no. sit you down. Let me t- sit here. Just <laughs> like a toddler. Like a toddler. <laughs> then he takes his jacket off and you're like, oh, he's going to give her the jacket. He just takes it off so he's in a vest yes. for the rest of this scene. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and then she's sort of is in a very traumatised state because of all the dead bodies she's just seen yeah. in the room. And he goes, what kind of babbling bullshit is this? That's right. Amazing. Kills, yes. eh? <laughs> Run for your life. It's not that, although that's obviously a good spot for me. It's when he tries to bury her alive in the really small locker. It's such a... He's like, you get in here. And it, you keep... I think they do say wardrobe, or maybe I did that. But it's not a wardrobe, it's a locker. And it's only the size of a human body. So she would die or be very, very further traumatised by that. Why can't she just stay in the room and lock the door? I mean, I know people can be more than one thing, but, I mean, again, you, you the cake, she was just in a cake that you claim is terribly, terribly small. So yes, maybe he's, small. he's seen the cake and gone, mm. well, she's used to being in small places. She likes it. Mm. She loves So anyway, um, but she then makes her case to be a comedy sidekick, which I wasn't expecting. And she does look cute because she gets her cap and someone's gone, could you just pull your hair Mm. forward through the loop so you look like super cute, which I quite like. Yeah, and also every time she takes the hat off, she does her fringe. Yeah, she does. (laughs) There's a lot lot of hair fiddling in this film. I I got to be honest, you said in the intro that she was a useless sidekick. I think she's quite good. Yeah, I think she's quite tough. She's smart. She's funny. She learns how to use the gun really quickly to the point that she's showing blokes how to do it. Mm. She shoots Colmini dead. Like she, I think it works quite well as a character and it, it helps to have her next to Seagal because yeah. he's so... Awful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, weird? I agree, I agree. Isn't it weird now that you... Honestly, I, I genuinely find it astonishing that at 14, he was so cool, a good-looking, like, like ultra-capable hero who I really loved. And then you watch him now and you're just like... He's dead eyed. You just get well. you get like you get a really uneasy feeling. He's not good looking. I mean, for me, he's not. And the voice is something maybe, but it's just a deadness. This man's not there. Like it's terrifying. It's actually terrifying. 
yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, I, I do think she gets better. She does ask a lot of questions early on, uh, which I guess pays off because then she knows the answers to yeah. those questions <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> but they are, oh, I think... Christ. I think. But it's I th- an arc. <laughs> it is an arc. But what I felt like they were trying to do was have a bit of screwball comedy in here, sort of some back and forth, <laughs> yeah, right. which the script can't do and he can't do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it doesn't work. But I do think they're trying to make it. Oh, look at these two. Look at this. I mean, there's, there's a scene that I, I'm I'm actually perplexed that Steven Seagal allowed in the film, um, but I think maybe Andrew Davis because he'd worked with him before on a previous movie. I think he had a way of talking to him by going, basically, this will make you look better. The bit where he gets injured uh, from the the hooks off the submarine, and there's a scene where she's tending to the the uh, the wound. Fine. That's okay. It's a nurse. Like, Mandatory sidekick. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. But then she puts a blanket over him. Yeah. Like, and she's just like, you're going to be okay. And I'm like, you let that in the film, Sigal? <laughs> that seems against everything you stand for. Right. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't explain it. So anyway, it doesn't matter because at this point he's just blowing up a chopper. Um, Jordan is captured instantly at this point, which is irritating. Um, now, Krill tries to drown everyone by turning the sprinklers on. In ships, I believe you can flood compartments in order to, for ballast, right? But turning sprinklers on, maybe we'll drown, I don't know, 200 people, but really, really fucking slowly. So they must have had the conversation, it's like flood the compartments, but the death is too quick. So someone's going to turn the sprinklers on. I don't think sprinklers can flood an entire room at all. Uh, and not in less than like two weeks. I mean, it does seem a shame that the water is never nearly at the trap Anywhere. door. And, and they're killing each other to escape like two inches of water. <laughs> it's bedlam down there. It's just it, not... it, it turns into Lord of the Flies yeah. very quickly. So I think you should flood the compartments and then... Everyone, but, you know, that doesn't sure. work for the timing. Uh, right, Ryback puts a crew of men together because he's just a great guy. But he doesn't, to me, doesn't really need them uh, because then it gets quite violent. I don't mind this. Like, he uh, impales someone with a gird. Does he rip someone's throat out? That's, that's it. Is I, that later? I mean, we love that bit in Road, Roadhouse. Uh, Roadhouse. It's oh, a yeah. little homage to, to <laughs> yeah. that, yeah. Uh, the good guys are on their way. We've got these sort of mandatory, like, central control, the mission base scenes where you'll have, you know, someone who's a baddie and you'll have the blustery good old man who's like, go on, sailor, do your thing, whatever. Uh, is it the White House? Does it matter? I didn't really know where I was. They were at the Pentagon. What I, is, what is the Pentagon? It's a big Pentagon-shaped <laughs> building in America. Um, and who lives there? And no one lives there. People mm. work there. And uh, is it next to the White House? I should, I'm asking for it's not. It's in a different place. I believe it is in Washington, right. uh, outside of Washington, D.C., yep. but I don't think it's near the White mm. House, which is in the centre of Washington, D.C. Got it. It was one of the 9-11 targets, wasn't <coughs> yeah, it? The yeah, plane just, that went down I just down never knew where it was. It's the US military use it. Okay, fine. Um, all right, that makes sense. But it's sense. very Doctor Strange, love, isn't it, in that big circular room with all these people arguing with each other? Yeah. Mm. The weird thing is that Admiral Bates is there. He's the guy with the glasses and the grey hair. Yep. Uh, I think he's improvising at one point, the actor who plays him. I didn't look it up, unfortunately, but uh, he's got that call with Ryback and he's like, he's like, yeah, there's gunfire in the background and he hangs up. He goes, OK, I'm out. And then he just sort of sits there for a moment. He's like, I'm going to improvise. And he goes, he goes, <laughs> They got a lot of trouble on that ship. And you're like, <laughs> you're yes, fucking kidding. What's you, what's just, what is happening here? Yeah, I'm like, no one wrote that line for you. That should be cut. You, you, they're stealing nuclear weapons to use against the continental United States. 
They got a lot of trouble on that show. Unbelievable. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. I don't think people are paying attention. There's some, I don't normally spot this, but there's some continuity errors that are just like, they're, well, they're so obvious as I would spot them. Mm. When uh, when they're taking over the ship earlier, Stranix fine, at one point takes off that awful costume. And I'm like, oh, there he is. There's my boyfriend. And then he's got it back on again for no reason. It's just been shot out of order. I like Tom Breaker. I think he appears in Under Siege 2, the mm. CIA guy who gives us the backstory on Stranix. I don't mind that. I like the bit where... Because you're sort of like, how would you do it? So they've basically got a French submarine that they're offloading these nukes onto. But because you can cut to the Pentagon and him going, well, he had a mission to sink this French sub. We definitely think he did it. And then yeah. the sub's there. It's like, it's a different way of doing the exposition that sort of fits because that's what they would be talking about in that room. Yeah, that's fair. I like it. Uh, anyway, the good guys that were being sent by the Pentagon, thank you, they get killed. Now, does Ryback at this point cook a missile because obviously the script J.F. Lawton's gone yeah he is a soldier he's a seal but he's now a cook so how can we bring those two things together in perfect synthesis mm. he's going to cook a missile well he's, he's he has cooked one already in the film in the microwave hasn't he oh yeah I like that bit actually mm. yeah I like that and they make a point of saying he's an explosives expert no but there is I would say 15 minutes of this film is watching him build bombs uh, it's like the 18 but not as much fun yeah, I mean, like you said at the start, he's just, he's good at everything. He can operate heavy artillery. On Expert a in martial arts, explosives, weapons, tactics. He's got a purple heart. <laughs> he's so good. You know Who wrote these lines? <laughs> I, uh, I, when I looked it up on, on Disney Plus is where I watched it. And, you know, you get the little blurb at the start saying what the film's about. Like I needed it. But it goes, uh, uh, Steven Seagal plays a Navy SEAL who's a cook on a ship and almost single-handedly takes it back. And I was like... But if Seagal reads that, he's mm. like on the mm. phone to Disney going, can you take out almost? Mm. Yeah. I think at the moment, Disney be like, who's this goodbye? But maybe a few years ago. <laughs> Have you seen that video of him entertaining Putin? I haven't, actually. Oh, he uh, worked for Putin, didn't he? Something weird. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole backstory to this. I'll come to it at the end. But... Um, but yeah, it's basically, it's how he got his career. So the, the video that is on YouTube is, uh, and it's meant to be played like, Steven Seagal is so fucking hot shit to Daikido that loads of people are trying to attack him and he just like, pff, just touches them and they fall away. And it's so obviously staged because also he's a big man now. Mm. <laughs> he's a big man now. And yet it's there. That's how he got his job. Warner's, uh, his agent basically set up this thing at Warner's where they they said, come and see, this guy is phenomenal. No acting credits. See this guy, watch what he can do. He'll be an action star. And all these people attack him in the Warner's office and all the Warner's board watch this happen and go, it's incredible. He just knocked all these guys out, completely staged. <gasps> completely staged. And that's how he got his first gig. So was Good Michael, Michael Ovitz was his agent. Was Michael Ovitz in his martial arts class? I, I thought it was Michael Ovitz was taking martial arts, but I might have just wanted that to be true. So this is, this is, this is the other urban legend in inverted commas that basically it was a bet between Michael Ovitz and someone else yeah. uh, that they could take anyone and turn yeah. them into an action star and they picked Seagal who was his personal trainer that's the plot that. of Trading Places <laughs> yeah that's it yeah. there are no new ideas <laughs> fucking hell that's also the story behind uh, do you remember the girl group Vanilla yeah Manamana yeah yes no way no way Manamana 
the story about them is that you could take four women uh, with no discernible talent and turn rude, them into... No, rude. this is what the urban oh. legend is, and turn them into a girl band. But the Spice Girls had already happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, hey. that's not on. Burn. That is not on. Burn. For one of them. <laughs> the others are great. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Mel B's great. Oh, got drunk with her on the Alice Titchmarsh show. <laughs> hey! Did you just hear that? <laughs> uh, right, Jordan. She does kill Cole Meany, and that is, I uh, hate to lose him, but it's all good. It's all good scripty stuff. She said she hated guns, but she did it to save Steven Seagal. Do don't you love that all these hijackers are getting pissed the whole I time? Love that. There's yeah. not a scene where they're not pouring. Yeah. Like, Cole Meany is never without a bottle of champagne. Mate, it's yeah. mate, if we ever hijacked anything, we'd be hammered. <laughs> be fucking... I don't know, because I would wait, because they're, they're making sales, aren't they? They're, what, they're ringing a trading floor. And like sell the stuff. It's Dutch courage to. Uh, 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 he's, he's pushing the deal. It's very cocky. You see Colm doing it first, and I thought Stranich was going to go. Hey, not until later. Yeah. And you're like, then he's got it, yes. and then it's like they're passing it around, <laughs> throwing meat at each other, having a party. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it looks like the most fun hijacking. Wouldn't it? Be, yeah, it's but like the most brilliant experience bar. Like it's the bridge of the USS Missouri. And it's free champagne. Can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, it's a gal hasn't got a lot of work right now. I'm in. Yeah, he should do that. <laughs> yeah. Come in this room. Themed drinking. <laughs> so, so Stranix is someone who has been betrayed by the government he worked for. That's Correct. why he's angry. Yeah, but. He's also Hans Gruber. He's a businessman who's doing this for money. Yeah. So it's like, well, which one is it? Yeah. I don't think... I think he is meant to be using the idea of being angry with the government as cover. Yes. Again. Like, like literally like Hans Gruber yeah. does. Like, he's like, we're here for Red Dawn or whatever they're Yeah, called. yeah, the brave new world. Yeah, it's a revolution. Yeah. And it's yeah, all... Because yes, yeah. his, his, his cohorts are pissing themselves when he's saying that. Yeah. So, so it's all a lie. So he is essentially Hans Gruber. Yes. Yeah. Shame. That really threw me, because when he gets off Hans the phone... Hans Gruber in a headband. Yeah, cheap headband. Mm. Um, right, so we're off to Honolulu. Are they, so the missiles tipped with nuclear dust, is this correct? No, I don't know what... They're, nuclear they're just missiles. nuclear missiles, it's, sorry. What's it's, nuclear dust? I don't know. When they said <laughs> You've seen Oppenheimer, what's nuclear dust? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alex. I mean, it, it's there after they go off, and it's not very nice. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's not something you go, we need to arm these missiles with the nuclear dust. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got the pouch? <laughs> I snorted it on the way. <laughs> something about starbursts. I got a bit lost here. Star, that, it used to be called opal fruit. <laughs> Oh no! Starbursts are like uh, shells that explode in the air to light up an enemy target. Oh, but he makes them. No, no, no! Oh, God! No, he has real <laughs> shells. They're, they've got some real shells as well. Because okay. basically, conveniently, he goes, he goes to uh, Callaway because like, he's so fucking rude to everyone. Yes, Callaway's the old guy. He goes, he goes, Callaway, gunners mate. You have shells for this. And Callaway's like, oh, sorry, Stephen, I did. You're absolutely right. I forgot. Let me load it up. And they use real shells. It's like everyone says, we don't have any anything that can pierce that sub. And, and then he goes, yeah, yeah we you do. do. And it's like, <laughs> well, that was easy. Everyone's an idiot apart from Ryback. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, right. Now, this I didn't like this, even though I love this man. So Stranix loses it, just fucking loses it. right? And I don't know what this scene is because he's been pretending to be that person, that loose cannon. You don't know what I'm going to do next. 
puts the phone down to the Penske and he's like, haha, I'm, I'm actually very controlled. And now he's not. When? So, so he's got sorry. some. Hasn't he got shell shock? Like he, he's oh, lost he's his got, hearing. Yeah, he has lost his and hearing. And it's yeah. driven him mad. Yeah, very, very <laughs> I, mad. I think that's yeah. what's happened, though. It's just too much. And I love this man, as you yeah. know. I can't really keep my eyes on this scene. Like it makes me feel. Uh, the pla- the, are he, we talking about the two prawns? Uh, sure, like, no. yeah, yeah. He's talking about the Muppets. Like, yeah. yeah, he's referencing the oh, Muppets. Oh, the thought of those prawns are going warm in his hand. I just mm. found that very upsetting. I didn't like that yeah, very he, much. He, the plan is going wrong and he's just lost his hearing. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's driving time for him. a bit of this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, right. it does feel a little bit like a sort of subpar Quentin Tarantino pop yes. culture monologue, which isn't delivered well and sits awkwardly in this circumstance. Yeah. So, you remember Saturday morning cartoons? No, did you see anything? Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, I don't. And shut up. Anyway, doesn't matter because even though they're both puppets in some sick play, that's another connection, actually. <laughs> This scene is really common where your hero and your villain, the villain's like, me yeah. and you are the same. I did have that. I did have that as a yeah. connection. And it doesn't work either time. But <laughs> this, is, this is seemingly where I feel that what Steven Seagal, Ryback, is saying in this scene, that's a villain's speech. Yeah. It's, and why is the hero yeah. saying it? It's like, this all seems like... Ryback is a military man, and, and yet he's the one going... Uh, you know, basically the president is a lunatic, yeah. you know, and he's a sick man, but we have to do his bidding. And you're like, that's what Tommy Lee Jones should be saying. Why are you saying that? So serving the same ungrateful lunatic. I didn't know if that was the military, God, the president, uh, America. It's what happened in Panama, where he lost his entire team because of bad intel. So that's why he gives the speech at the end. Yeah, and... and, and but I think something I think something's been lost here. Like it feels because they recognise each other. They say it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. These two men know each other from their work in the past. And I feel like um Stranix should have been responsible for Rybeck getting the bad intel and his losing his men. Oh good. That's I think good. that's what should be happening here. And it, it feels like, like you change. No, it feels like that's what that's somehow been cut or forgotten or not shot because the fact that they recognise each other, we're not giving any context to that, and that's really yeah. important for your finale. I know you, don't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, been a long time. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> uh, did uh, we skipped over it? Did you enjoy watching Steven Seagal use a condom to make a bomb? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Actually. I was bored by that point yeah. and watching him in, do that. Do you think the way they've made uh, Erica Eleniak look at it is like oh, a condom and Steven Seagal? The two things are making me think sexy time. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I don't want to think about it. The uh, knife fight they have now. Yes, great. It looks like a game of slaps. Oh, <laughs> come on, this knife fight is great. Uh, even Steven Seagal, even Steven Seagal, <laughs> very rarely said. Even <laughs> even Steven. Seagal, who's famously not ever sort of enthusiastic about his movies, he likes to be like, yeah, it was just a film, it's not real life. I actually did all that for real, is his urban legend that he's created. But even he goes, yeah, the knife fight's pretty good in Under Siege. <laughs> Does he say it like that? It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Quite like even it. I like that. <laughs> I think it's great. I've never seen one before. When I watched it uh, as a 14-year-old, I never, you've, ne- you've seen villains dispatched in various ways. You've never seen anything like this I certainly hadn't I feel like we're a bit too close to them though I think that camera should be pulled back so we can really see what's happening in the fight mm. yeah 
Well, uh, Ryback wins for obvious reasons. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so then we're back to Pentagon, um, or at some point. The point being the baddie, the, the bad official man, was going to blame Ryback for everything, for the cooking of all these people in Honolulu. But he doesn't get a chance because we have this quite boring moment that I bet they were pleased with at the time, where they because you can see the missile POV, mm. but they're just tapping out some cards. They, they look quite bored in the sea yeah. doing it as well. <laughs> the bit where they go... Put the red floppy disk vertically into the big grey box and then tap in the code. You're like, what is this? Do we need that? And it is one of my favourite moments where they get... Is it a five-digit code? I was taking the piss, but it's not a long... A lot, a lot of digits. And it, I think it's like six, five, four. <laughs> Three, two, one. And they're like... That's ah! the kind of code an then, idiot would have on their luggage. Yeah, the woman is like, I can write that down. And I can see the day. And they're like, thanks, Jordan. That's amazing. So I liked that bit. Uh, it's then, a bit rubbish, though. This whole destruction... Because it's basically like the only reason they need to do the code is because one of the planes missed. They could shoot these missiles down. Yeah. The code isn't. There's an earlier scene where it's like, no, we need this code. This code is the only way to. No, we can shoot them down. Oh, <laughs> oh all, right. all right. Oh, one of the planes missed, though. Oh, so we do need the code. Great. Ryback, we now need the code. <laughs> You've got a job. Uh, so we save the day. Uh, we free the crew. They're just quite damp by this point, even though they were supposed to be drowning to death. This kiss, right? So they're on the deck and everyone's like, oh, we love you so much. And he's like, don't worry about it. And then someone says, no, he says, here's my move. But I can't remember what the setup to that the, the is. The setup is because it's earlier. It's cue ball. And they go and Ryback says oh, to him, yeah, yeah, yeah. show me some moves, cue ball. Or someone yeah. says to cue ball and he does some half-ass dance moves. Uh, <laughs> and then now cue ball says to Ryback, Show me some moves, Ryback. Yeah. And he sets him up. Yeah. And so Ryback in court will go, he set me up for that. Mm. Uh, oh, right. That, <laughs> that unrequested and un, uh, unpleasant uh, moment where he goes, here's a move. And just grabs her. Mm. And she does look to me visibly appalled. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. That It could have been handled so much better, that yeah. scene. Here's and I wonder, you know, is he allowed to say, I think we should do that take again? And... Andrew Davies, who I'm just going to assume he's lovely, he's like, no, let's not bother. Uh, let's just leave it. And he's like, nope, we're going to go again. Because, I don't know, it just feels like what a horrible day's work for her. Well, famously, uh, well, I say famously, uh, Gary Boosie is the only person who claims this. Uh, JF Lawton and uh, Andrew Davies have never corroborated it, but Gary Boosie says that uh, Stephen Seagal was after inserting a sex scene into this uh, with him, his oh, character Ryback God. and Jordan. And oh, um, no. Gary Boosie was uh, uh, important in stopping that. Stopping it. Like, God, that's what you do for a living. It's just so upsetting. This yeah. is not how, it's not how we talk about the creative industries. By all accounts, Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Boosie looked out for Erica Eleniak on this. And, uh, they but not said, to uh, the point where, <laughs> sorry, they're just looking out for some. No, good for them and good allyship and I get all of that. But it's like, yeah, we can see this is dodgy, but let's just get through the film rather than... Yeah, they sent her flowers as if and like notes saying, look, you're doing as, as well as you can within these circumstances. I mean, see, I was the star. And he was like Warner Brothers' golden boy at this point. I know. There's very little she can do, but isn't that sad? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Everybody loves him. Uh, I think she's in the Navy now, Fuck unsure. me. <laughs> wow. You think you've seen everything in this movie. You think it can't get any weirder. She's in the Navy at the end? Wow. Best bit, obviously. I've, I was like, I that's amazing. lost my shit when that happened. <laughs> Did Didn't see it coming. Forgot it. Forgot it's in the film. I couldn't fucking believe it. Oh, my God. It's what a funny way to end the film. It's not supposed to be funny, but 
<laughs> you know, it's like, oh, God, look at him in his fucking outfit in the front. Oh, he's got a salute now. Hold on. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Did not see that coming. It's quite a career pivot. It's what it? we've been building I mean, towards. We, they, they should have gone one further and taken Tommy Lee Jones's passion uh, in the movie Stranix's passion and gone, that, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs> and then Ryback gets his uniform back and so we're out on his fucking stupid face. <laughs> Uh, and that's it. That's the end of the film. Very good. Film. Brilliant film. There was a sequel, as you have covered. Mm. There was nearly a third, apparently. Steven Seagal's, this is in 2014, said um, he wanted to write a film where Russian special forces and American special forces, they worked together to I combat bet, terrorism. I bet he did, old mate yeah. of Putin. <laughs> I bet he did. And do you know what? If he can pull that off, then fucking good luck to him because that's not going to happen. Um, I still. don't think anyone would watch it either. No, I don't. No one watched Under Siege 2. You did. You did. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I don't think it's as bad. Dark territory. <laughs> Uh, right, that's it. So, what was your favourite best scene? Sorry, Alex. Knife fight. I love the knife fight, and I love the fact that he does. I don't remember the eye gouge from uh, mm. previous watches. That's pretty. I think grim. he wasn't in it for a while, and then it got put back in it. Ah. It's pretty shocking. Yeah, it was I, too much. I think maybe for the Britain, it got taken out. And maybe I, I, I rewound it to watch it again because I couldn't quite believe what I'd seen. And yeah. No, I did see that. Yeah. The eye gouge. I don't think was. I don't think the throat rip was in the version I saw as a kid as well. Yeah. I think this is a this is a higher <laughs> higher. higher Grossness. Yeah, high grownness. So the, the the knife fight, I stand by it. I think, you know, that when he just plunges the knife straight through the roof of his skull yeah. and then pushes him through the monitor, I was like, that's a hell of a death. I, 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 I've got that uh, for best scene. Eye gouge, knife in head, smash through his computer screen. It's like, what, what, what? Um, I, that was my favourite scene until I saw her dressed as a sailor. <laughs> thousand percent <laughs> oh god I've just had a horrible thought like is she just going to be on that ship full of men and maybe oh, her job no. isn't sailor she's, cake. she's a cake sailor she's, <laughs> she's just a repository <laughs> that sounds weird but please let's turn that into a euphemism alright you fucking cake sailor <laughs> oh god oh that's a horror I don't know what it means yet don't know what it means yet could be anything but let's look you, you, everyone, let's work on it class brothers you heard it here first you've got to start using cake sailor as an insult figure out what it means yourself but you see someone yeah. you don't like, you're someone dis- you disagree with. All right, you fucking, fucking cake sailor. Cake. You fucking cake sailor. <laughs> fucking cake sailing. Fuck. <laughs> oh, God. Great. My favourite scene is who's the highest ranking officer? Yeah. Shoot him in the bed. Uh, it's that. a good scene. It's great scene. Good, good great scene. scene. Uh, your most valuable, whatever, Chris. Um, I mean, I, I really like um, Lady Gary Busey. You're telling me she's called Nancy. I think so. I think I might have just hideously misremembered that. If so, I'm a big Nancy fan. I, I think the best performance in it is Tommy Lee Jones, but I'm going to qualify that when I do my change. Okay. But I think he's the best actor in this. And you? <sighs> Steven Seagal. Shut up. No, well, it was as a kid. And he's, allowed, he's allowed to say that. Sorry. Even though, yeah, <laughs> Sorry. even though watching it this time, knowing everything, you take all the other stuff away, sure. which is almost impossible. There's some. I, I disagree with you. I think he has got a very, very powerful screen presence, and I think part of it is based on his weirdness. <laughs> I think there's something like you just don't see it a lot. Someone who's just like. Like that character, and I, it's him on screen, but it's not him. Uh, he's not my MVW because uh, I just can't. Uh, so it's Gary Boosie, uh, partially because he's just boosting over everything, yeah. and I, I love that. But I honestly think his character is the most laid, the only character that is more than one note in this movie. I think the. 
there's the, obviously he's in it for the money because, you know, the $200 million he's going to get. But there's also the bit where when he goes into the captain's room, the first thing he does is go through the captain's notes on him and seems mm. genuinely upset. It's interesting, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Just upset. He's like, mm. look at what I had to deal with. He's, uh, Do I need a psychotic, uh, you know, a, psy- a psychoanalyst? Evaluate. Like, all of that. A psych evaluation, yeah, he's... And then you add that to that bit with the crew, as I mentioned earlier, where he actually seems to be enjoying like the fact that they're sort of pouring at him and they like the fun krill. And then there's the bit later where he drowns the crew. He's drowning the crew and he like Tommy Lee Jones goes, you're a maniac. And he goes, and there's real pain on his face where he goes, they never like me anyway. Oh, yeah, and I'm great. like, yeah. holy shit, Boosie, in Under Siege, have you created a really, <laughs> really yeah. layered character? Yes, props to you for being so able to Gary do that. Boosie. Very Mine good. is Erica Eleniak because she gets a special commendation for bravery in the face of great adversity. Yeah. Is that, she, is that on the ship at the end? Is that what she's there? <laughs> she gets it in the face. Sorry. What? Oh! Cake sailing. Cake sailing? In your face. Oh, yeah, you can use it like that as well. Oh, have you been cake sailing? <laughs> it's so versatile. It's great. It's a new thing. Uh, what would you change, Chris? Um, you've got to keep Gary Busey in that dress for the duration of the film. <laughs> okay. The fact that he finds time to change is annoying and makes the film worse. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go back to Tommy Lee Jones now. Uh, and it's kind of what you were saying, Vicky. Um, the crazy stuff that happens to him at the end. It's a betrayal of the character. It makes him less interesting. But it means you also end up with two crazy villains. You can only have one crazy villain. Yeah. Once, once both your villains are, are acting like nutters, mm. it, it, it just doesn't work. You need the yin and yang. So um, I would definitely not have Tommy Lee Jones losing his mind at the end. Mm. Yeah, me too. What about you? Uh, so, uh, this is a bit of a story. Uh, there's an idea that came up, and this was suggested. So, Steven Seagal famously brought quite shady people to the sets of his movies, and there's one in this, uh, a guy called David Nichols. Uh, he's actually got a line in this. Uh, he's the guy who says, uh, you know, uh, one million people will leave, leave will become 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit in under a second. Yep. He's the guy in the mm. Pentagon who says that. His name's David Nichols. So, basically, he, he hung around on set, and Andrew Davis talks about how he used to say he was like, he operated, he was CIA black Cops. He used to talk about a terror network called Octopus that okay. existed around the world. A lot of bullshit. He used to argue with other advisors about how you really would take over a battleship and the weapons that you would need to use. He's that guy. Okay. Anyway, he came up with an idea that didn't make it into the movie. And Andrew Davis goes, yeah, it was this kind of bullshit ideas that we had to deal with. He suggested that Ryback should put stakes under his vest. Mm-hmm. And so when he got shot, the stakes would embed the bullets. Cool. And I think that's a really good idea. So do I. I've never seen that in an no. action movie. And then he goes, and he, He's a chef as well. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's on brand. It's yeah. that and big... he's in a meat locker for ages. Mm. Is oh that, I think that's probably because a bullet could go through a stake. I think it should go through a stake. <laughs> I think it can. Otherwise, I think it's a bad bullet. It's, bullets can what, go through it, loads it, of oh, stuff. They'll go through humans, but not cow flesh. Not, not, not cow meat. No. <laughs> uh, that's not really my change, though. My real change is uh, Jordan cannot join the fucking Navy at the end. But then you're ruining my best bit. I know, I know. But what it is, basically, the reason she's in the Navy is because of everything she says earlier when she first meets Ryback and she goes, I'm an actress, and then lists that she had one role in something and was in a Wet and Wild video, and the fact she jumped out of a cake. It's basically saying, your life is shit, like, because of what you do, jumping out of cakes. So you have to join the Navy at the end of this movie to sort yourself out. That's what the message is, and that's why it's fucked up. 
I guess, yeah. Do you not think? I'm just processing that. I don't know. I think it's just we want a button for her. We haven't. We can't be asked to create a character. So the easiest thing to do right now is she joins the navy. She has no regiment in her life. She's not successful. She needs to join the navy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it's true. saying. Yeah. It's saying she. Ha- it's basically saying you're a bit fucked up. Join the army. Yeah, you're right. Join the, the change should be she. We 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 get we'll get rid of his face from the end of it because I don't care about that. And then it's just like a screen grab of her next film where she plays oh. an ex seal saving the day on a My battleship, God. not yeah. a sexy this one, an actual be, one. Like the camera should pan off him, yeah. going <laughs> and, <laughs> and just pan across to a billboard yeah. of Jordan Tate G- in GI Jordan. Mm. Yes, maybe. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, GI Jordan. No, not G.I. Jordan. Jordan Tate in is in Last to Surrender. Yeah, <laughs> great. My change. This is interesting that this was going to be in it. Not not to give like credit to me, but I thought a lady villain would be nice for balance. So let's put Tommy Lee Jones's mad girlfriend or whatever she is back in it as Bambi. a lady villain. Who? I think she's called Bambi. Great, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yeah, just some consistency of his character. But honestly, I just thought oh, a lady villain would be fun. That was it. Yeah, I think that. And then I watched Die Hard with a Vengeance and I think, no. 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 You think we, we can't be... Shit, can't it's, be just, it's weird. Like, Jeremy Irons, like, the fact that he gets discovered by McLean and Die Hard with a Vengeance while he's making out with his lady villain girlfriend <laughs> is kind of like, there's something weird that makes him really uncool as a villain. Okay. Mm. If only on Thursday we had a lady villain to talk well, about. Well, quite right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's it uh, Right then, uh, so uh, No quiz today Which means that I'm going to go straight into my clue for next week's pairing The clue for next week's pairing Do you have one, Chris? You look, you're looking at your phone like you've got one Do you have a good one? Because okay. I liked how it worked last week well, So I'm glad, I, the clue, I'm glad I worked hard on that The clue for ne- We're still <laughs> no, going to no, no, use it, it It's fine, it's fine Fuck, um, it. Fuck it, I don't give a fuck <laughs> The clue for <laughs> next <laughs> Fucking cake saying <laughs> Um, is one of the films we are doing is on general release. (laughs) (laughs) I just just get so rinsed. By the way, that was 30 to 90 seconds of podcasting gold, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then that's that's what you've got at the end of all that for a clue. It's on general release. I I really think you should join the Navy. (laughs) Just looking at at your life this far, you need to be on the deck of a ship in uniform. I think it just sort you out. Sort you right out. Uh, Right, that's it for this episode. We are back on Thursday talking Passenger 57 and seeing which film will be victorious. Passenger 57 or Under Siege. Until then, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod. Till Thursday, have a great week. Cake sailors. (laughs) Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 